Yo guys, this is Bobby from the Bench Podcast. Now, before we kick off, we'd just like to thank everyone that's liked, shared, and hit the download button so far for the podcast. We really appreciate it, guys. Honestly, you have no idea how far it goes for us. And if you're new here, go ahead and follow 14HQ and the Bench Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to keep up with all the latest episodes and updates. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well. Now, without further ado, grab your boots. You're coming on. Breath, breath, what's up, please? <laughs> Benched, brought to you by 14HQ. Yes, yes, people. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Podcast. I'm Charles, your host, and I've got controversial coffee connoisseur, aka. Oh, I ain't got another nickname for you. I mean, we have one, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Mel- melancholy kids. Call <laughs> <laughs> you melancholy kids. This episode, kids. What's going on, man? You all right? Um, been better. Talk to me, man. Anything outside football? Can I know football? Anything make outside it, football? Can I know football gonna make you sad this episode? Um, bro, outside of football, oh my days! What there is literally? Oh no! I just went and saw Bullet Train. What's it saying? Fire film. Yeah. Fire. You recommending that one? I have an outside shot. Uh, outside shot. Outside shout for uh, the next James Bond. Oh yeah. I'm. I think I'm forgetting his name. I think it's Aaron Taylor. Basically, the guy that plays Lemon in the film, right? Okay, he's British. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't lie because he was he was he was having like a much more like uh, swaggy character as well. I was like, hold like on, the suave. I was like, yeah, I was like, hold on, this guy might it's an outside shout. James Bond. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that one. There's no puzzle. I need to go see that one. Yeah, I need to see that still as well. But yeah, man, let's talk about for us. Yeah, I, I just yeah. wanted you to talk about something happy. Get some happiness off you. I mean, off your I chest. mean, my local team. Well, they drew today. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> no W's anywhere. But yeah. yes, uh, it's going to be myself, Charles. I got Kizza with me. I got Soul in the background filming. He might jump on the mic, you know, mm. as and when. Throw a little opinion in there, Bobby. Was it mm. two yellows, isn't it? Mm. Two yellows, but I've been throwing it for a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it that or did he pull a hammy in training? Bobby, Bobby can't be with us. Uh, all we got to say is enjoy your holiday, Bobby. Yeah, hammy, innit? Enjoy <laughs> that one. Oh, yeah, one nil rubber. Uh, so, listen, no Bob, no probe. The show goes on, guys. Yeah, this is the football podcast that we here at 14 HQ have developed. Got to the point now where we're on season. We're on that season. But to be fair, to this be is fair. an OG episode, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for real. We used to run this yeah, back, yeah, back yeah, in the day, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back to back and whatnot. Like. In, in kids' bedroom and shit like is that. that. Pause. Pause. But, <laughs> 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 but nah, nah, it's, it's you know. It's the, those are the humble beginnings, and then this is where we're at now. We used, to, we used to have a pivot in midfield, and then this year obviously it went to a trio, but Two now we're back pivot. to the pivot. You get it. So, yeah. you know, the show goes on. Let's talk about some football, guys. Game week two of the Barclays Premier League is game almost done. Almost done. By the time that this recording comes out, the next game, tomorrow, which will be Liverpool at home to Crystal Palace, will have been completed. And yeah, that, that, that game week two would have been brought to a close. But uh, all the all the same with the other nine fixtures going on, lots of action going on, lots of football to talk about, lots of high points, low points, you know, exciting news for some, melancholy for others, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, man, let's get into it though. Let's go in chronological order. Then let's go in time order. Let's start with the first game of the weekend, the early kickoff between Villa and Everton. The mid-off. <laughs> the mid-off. The mid-off. I didn't catch it, but I heard that Kamara had a good game. Kamara, yes. Bear in mind, for free as well, isn't it? Definitely, yes. We'll get into this. But yeah, I think we this this was one of the games that, you know, as we were talking about it earlier in the week, we really wanted to, to highlight 
uh, Villa versus Everton. I think it was just El Saco. It, because because El Sacco, you know, because <laughs> of the managers, man, because of the managers. I think off the off the first impressions of both of their both of their um, sorry tenures at, at their respective clubs right now mm, leaves a little bit leaves a little bit you know to be desired. I think one's underachieving and one's I don't think we rated in first place, is it? Well. I think like you look at the squad that Gerard has, I expect them to be being better. Like I expect them, them them to be the team that's like pushing for Europe. That's absolutely true. But then like I don't I don't rate Lamps as a manager, so like bruv, like, he's getting he's getting relegated. At the start of last season, everybody was thinking of Villa as a potential challenger for the top six. Yeah. You know what I mean? Arsenal had just finished eighth, two years running. There were teams like Villa and Leicester that maybe were in the running to, to replace Arsenal in oh, that yeah, top six well, yeah. shot. Gerard is, 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 is the new manager now at Villa. He's just come off winning the league at Rangers. So, you know, we might think that, you know, he might be able to bring some of that enthusiasm, some of that energy into this Villa team. They're, they're making some good signings. Yeah, people, very good signings. Young people like Concern uh, are developing. They've got Coutinho in there now. Douglas Louise, et cetera, et cetera. Like Danny things, Ings, gunman. You know what I mean? Things are happening. Things are progressing and like within that team. Or so we fought. They ended up finishing 14th in the season and lost half of their games. So, like we said, it left a lot to be desired. Lampard now, Lampard like he played. If 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 I give Lampard credit, he did play good football. I think at Chelsea, I just don't think the results match the football, the brand mm. of football, the style of football that he was trying to play. And you know, we all we all had a lot of we had a we had a lot of. Um, criticism for Lampard you know uh, I'll tell you right now I knew Lampard was a donkey I'm sorry the minute <laughs> I saw him playing Kante as a DM oh, but that's not his position what are you doing for that, one thing you both, because I was like his his strengths are going to get the ball back so why are you making him sit in front of the defence bruv to try and play on the half turn I was like bruh you're doing, you're doing it to yourself well yeah there are, there are there are definitely a lot of things that we that we that we criticise Lampard mm. for and you know, with the with the finances available to him, I know that they had a transfer ban and whatnot. But with the finances and the quality of play that he had available to him at that squad, we'd all thought that you know he would be better, be, yeah. be able to do a lot more than he was able to do. And they sacked him. They brought in Tuchel, and he won the Champions League with that same team. So the game now going into the game ended up winning Villa two one at home to Everton. Uh, it was a pretty. It was a pretty comfortable performance, I think, from Villa. Uh, Everton, they couldn't really, they couldn't really muster anything. Like when they were in their defensive shape, which they were for most of the time, they were sitting in a five-four-one. Do you know what I mean? Deep block, just trying to soak up all the pressure that Villa had. Obviously, they had the better players, and and they were a little bit more probing than they were. And then obviously, Everton have this thing of uh, selling Richarlison. Dominic Calvert-Lewin can't stay fit. So they haven't got really got like a, a striker that they can trust anyways. They have Rondon, but they can't trust him so to Dominic, do a 90 minutes for them, you know? Dominic's a part-time footballer, bro. Yeah, they're all, he's a model fan. They're all models, man. He's a model him, that kicks ball. Anthony Gordon, the one that replaced him through the middle, he's a model. Bro. Tom Davies, Curly Edu in the middle, he's a model. They're all models. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Villa, Villa winning 2-1. I think it was... I think... I think that game might have been more important for Gerard than mm. it was for Lampard. You know, you get off at home to a winning start. I think so. I think especially in the position that both of those teams are at the minute, uh, Everton, you know, just finishing 16th. I think like I feel like and and they just lost their their main striker last season, 10 goals, 5 assists for Richarlison last season. I think that they 
are, are definitely in for a tough season ahead. Yeah. I haven't really seemed to replace him with anyone at the minute. So, yeah. you know. I know you shouldn't like judge teams right off the off the bat in it because of pressures and whatnot, but yeah. I do feel like they're going to be fighting for relegation this year. I think so. And I feel like on the flip side then, I feel like with Villa, why this, why this might have been more important for them based off the first game, losing to Bournemouth, you know, newly promoted Bournemouth is a bit of an embarrassing one for the, for the guys. And I yeah. feel like they need to... They needed to win this game at home, start off well and redeem themselves and, and really kick on and, and be like a, a top half team like like a lot of people feel like they could be. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. As for Everton, one win in 18 away. They need to do They need to sort something. They need to, sort, they need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> they need to do something. Moving on. Uh, Arsenal versus Leicester. Do you want to talk about this kid? Yeah, I saw, I saw yeah, the goals. Yeah, mate. 4-2. Four, 4-2 two, four, two to the Arsenal. Fucking Gabby, bro. The free-flowing attacking football is in full effect. The jogger Benita is in full effect. Little bit of defensive mishaps, but, you know, four goals at home. What's the, what's that, what's the saying in it for, like, uh, when you're easing into something? What do you mean? There's a saying in it that, like, um, oh, my God, I've gone black. There's a saying that you say when, like, uh, you have, like, uh, teething problems. Oh, one of them. Who do you yeah. think? Yeah, just just sleeping and just getting used to like. Obviously, with the own goal happens, but we'll move to the side of it. Ah, it's nothing. Man. That's what I'm saying. You know, like like these things happen, innit? it like he'll get past that. I ain't worried about it too much. But yeah, Gabriel Jesus, he's coming in. He's scoring goals. This is exactly what we need to do. These two goals that he scored in this game, same amount that Lacazette scored in open Been play last you. season. Been telling, but the the goal difference between the two is night and day, bro. Yeah, we we established last week this. You know, it's a. It's a level up for us. It's a level up for us. Gabriel Jesus, I love what he's doing. He's coming in. Not he's even, leading the line properly. Yeah, not, yeah, not the even... cup play. That's what I said. Not, not even the goals, thing. but forget the goal. But he is also a pressing machine, number one. He's got a lot of energy. I love Two, it. He's, and we always know he's very, very techy. That I think there was a... He plays for... He there was a chance City for, for years, I think bro. it was a long ball and he controlled it with like his head. Bro, he's like, as in not not to head it on, like he controlled it with his head up like raw Brazilian team. Bro, he's yeah. been playing at Man City for five years. Like you don't you don't play for for Pep. You know what I mean? yeah, a bum. I know, can't. like you know, you know, people really can't say that Gabriel Jesus is a, is like a City reject. I see that nah, kind of agenda being not, pushed. Like he's nah. been he's, he's been there player, for half a decade. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You have to be of a certain ilk to be in them kind and of teams. And to keep playing, bro. He was, yeah, he wasn't a bench player, bro. Like so, you know, it was, only, it was only him. Even Zinchenko coming in, like it's it's just proved all the more beneficial for the team going forward and, and exciting times for you though it's, it's it's looking good it's looking good man I'm happy who's next no I was man. with Tev the other day we was uh, we was in we was in where was we in we was in Westminster the other day St. James Park with Huston all that lot had a little drink up little meet up and we were just thinking like who's next mm-hmm. one of the boys one of the boys that came in like he had just come from the, from the Emirates he said that you know the crowd is buzzing and you know it was just a, it was just a lot of hype and a lot of good feeling, a lot of good energy mm. surrounding the Emirates at the minute. So long may that continue. Long may that continue. Uh, moving on, so next you game. Well, well, we'll move on to that one after this one. Brighton nil, Newcastle nil. Uh, a little bit of a a little bit of a, a a disappointing result, I'd say, for both teams. Maybe you know Brighton Brighton now have this or now starting to sort of develop a reputation for a team that likes to play good football. Do you know what I mean? They like to cause, especially the bigger teams, when we see them come against the bigger teams, we mm. like to see how they're causing bigger teams problems, scoring goals, playing good football combinations and whatnot. So, you know, for them to not score for 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 Newcastle as well, you know, Newcastle, everybody's 
These are two in in when you put it in retrospect, these are two very exciting teams at the minute. Do you know what I mean? That that we're looking to to see progress to the next level, hopefully. But you know, these are the kind of results that that kind of sort of bring them back to reality. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> realize that you know, you're not you're still quite, quite a top yeah. team yet. You're still sort of going to be fighting in in and around the midfield, I think. But yeah, like like I said, neither team will be you know thrilled about you know not scoring yeah. and, and and dropping points in this game. You know, points in these kind of games, points are definitely up for grabs. Exactly. Manchester City then played Bournemouth. Ended up 4-0. I think it was a little bit of a, uh, a procession. I don't think anybody had Bournemouth winning this game. You'd, uh, yeah, it's got you'd have got high odds for that. And yeah, you know, if, if Bournemouth did win, you'd made a lot of money from that. But um, yeah, like? No can do. Routine win. <laughs> Routine win for, for Manchester City. Um, I think for Bournemouth and for Scott Parker, this is definitely a... Uh, Get out of the way, innit? Yeah, definitely. It's a, you know, you have to sit down with the players and say, lads, listen... Have fun. <laughs> this is this is the standard in the Prems. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just be happy that you're out there and you have an opportunity to try and compete with these kind of guys. Because you know, these guys Foden, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, by the way, um, Gundogan, etc. They're all just a level above, man. One Gundogan got the captaincy, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like that makes he sense. Deserves. He's also, one of the older uh, statesmen in the team. You see the interview with Pep where he was like, "Yeah, Foden has to pass next time." Because I thought it went through on goal in it, mm. and harder than the next tip is that you just square it, it's one, I like, get a goal. And Bowie went like, nah, I can do this. And missed, but. Yeah, I mean. TV problems, innit? Those, those are the kind of things, those are the kind of things in those, in those kind of moments, you know. It's, it's literally a split, se- it's a split second, sorry, decision to make. Obviously, we all know that Haaland is the new guy coming into City and he's the number Go nine assist. and he's the driving force of the team and you want to feed him and he wants to be scoring the goals, etc. But. You know, Foden, I feel like in that situation, Foden felt like he was good enough to finish off yeah, the chance. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he tried to take it. Shooter, shooting it. Exactly that. Kids, I've got a question for you. Oh, here we go. Why is Erling Haaland taking eight touches in the whole match and completing two passes? I think he's getting used to their system. One. Two, he got an assist. I don't like the way that your face changed when you made that. It didn't. It didn't yeah. seem genuine. Yeah, but listen, listen, <laughs> young, and he's getting used to the system. It's, they play come above. He's never played a system like this before. Mm, don't know if I buy that. If, if you don't want to buy that, you, I, I'm not selling in it. Um, it sounds I, like you are. But listen, I'm all just I'm saying is, he, t- he listen. He turned the game out with one assist. He should have had another goal. If it was squared. Are you, ra- been, are you? Are we rating that assist? Like, do you rate that assist? I'm not rating. It, I'm saying Don't that. Don't just say it's I'm an assist. Yeah, but but <laughs> listen, it's an assist. Oh, I yeah. want, I want, I want bag every game in it, but that's just not possible. At his age, in this system, learn, and then, especially when they need goals, I'm sure he'll be there. So why none of this energy? Why none of this defense when it was Lukaku taking seven touches, Harlan's taking eight? But yeah, that game they didn't win. So that's did why. Chelsea, did Chelsea not? No, win they didn't. They didn't win that game. Who did they play? I can't remember who it was, but it ended. I think it was. I think it was actually Leeds or something. I don't think the win. Also, I don't think the win should should disguise that. I'll tell you one thing as well. Here's the thing with Lukaku. I keep saying this. He made Chelsea worse after watching them today, which we'll get onto. Holland doesn't make City worse. That's the difference. I think on some level it doesn't matter because of the other quality around Holland. Yeah, but that would be that would be what I would say. But yeah. I don't think that. The fact that City won the game should gloss over that or should sort of remove that that wasn't really a good performance from Haaland. Okay, I hear what you're saying. You know, when you're coming high profile with the reputation that he has and the expectations that we're all thinking that he should have, 
he should be putting in a lot but better. But as of right now, it's two games played and his GA is three. So let's. When it, if, it, if it starts, if it, if it starts uh, to dry up, if it starts to okay. as a striker, I'll tell you this. Yeah. I would love performances, but if you're assisting or scoring, it's calm. It only gets to a problem where if it's another three, four games and you don't assist or score, then you're dropping things like this. That's when it's a problem. Okay. You count GA like that? Yeah, I do, bruv. Nah, man. For for my output players, nah, it counts. Nah, man. I think, that's, I think you're just trying to do that to boost the numbers. If you want to do that. I'm not boosting I, the numbers, bruv. Nah, Go and assist. I don't think that's a... Bro, what was that interview that... that or like there was quotes out from from Karen Benzema like uh, maybe like a couple of years ago not not a couple of years ago a couple of months ago sorry the, and it was going along the lines of something where you know you can put in a good performance and then score two goals and everybody forgets that you put in a, no, a, a bad performance or what, something like that yeah, no, you know I get what, you mean? Mean? what I'm saying is I don't judge players solely off that but it is something I to, think it's something to, it's something that I can't like ignore do you get what I'm trying to say? Because when I watch, okay. like, it's a bit of a bit of a left one here. When I watch Salah, I don't see a beautiful footballer, right? But his output is so high. That I'm like, I cannot ignore that. I cannot be like, oh, so you know, personally, I love Hazard, didn't he, as a football player? I think he's such a, a beautiful player to watch mm-hmm. the way he plays football. Mm-hmm. But his output isn't that high. But I can still say he impacts the game so much like this. So <laughs> check yeah. it, check his numbers again. Yeah, his output is good. Yeah, but very, but very compared good. to let's like, say like a Salah, right? Who when I watch him play doesn't like get me off the edge of my seat but i'm like yo he will deliver still you know what i'm trying to say so it's like it's, it's, it's like yin and yang it's like a balance you weren't doing this when it was a bamyang though was i not you was like oh bamyang if he doesn't score what does he do and i was like okay here's a golden boot mm. here's a golden boot runner up mm. ga and whatnot so, but you don't give a Bamyang the GA, but you give Harlan the GA. I'm gonna have to see the receipts of that. It's a little bit of racism. Don't worry, I can pull them yeah. out. It's a bit of racism. I can't lie. Maybe a little bit. Next game, Southampton versus Leeds. Ah, who's watching that, bro? Ended two two. Do you know what? Leeds obviously put in a good performance in their first game of the season. Southampton took a little bit of a battering. So, uh, you know, I think it was that it made for an exciting game, man. Two two. Like some of the other games, there were at least at least two draws. Uh, two one game, you know. Other than a couple of batterings here and there, I think this was probably the closest uh, and, and most exciting game goals wise. Two goals from Rodrigo for Leeds, though. He was one of them people that we had on the fraud list, you know. Yeah, he came, yeah that's he, true. Remember last week we were saying he came from Valencia with a big price tag on his head. Uh, not a big price tag, relatively big for Le- for, for Leeds, Leeds, yeah. But a big reputation, you know. Obviously coming from Valencia, playing European football and whatnot. And uh, you know, he's flattered to deceive so far, so great for him to get. I don't know why when that. when he first came to Leeds, I thought he was like twenty four, but he's like thirty something. I don't yeah, know no, why. He's been about. He's been about for a little while. Rodrigo, let me go on his little player profile now and tell you what he's been doing. But yeah, what are you thinking about Rodrigo's Jesse Marks? Thirty one, Spanish. He's been playing for Valencia for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. He was at Benfica before that. He was actually in this league before. Yeah, he played for someone else as well. Do you know what team it was? 2010, 2011. Do you know what team it was? Um, no, I'm drawing a blank. Bolton Wanderers. Rest in peace. <laughs> so the rest in peace. <laughs> uh, but yeah, two two there. Let's see what happens from them next week. Uh, I think two team. Well, I think Leeds. You know, Leeds. They're a mid-table be, team. Yeah. Do you know what? It might be a little bit more of. I'm hoping to see from Leeds this season a little bit more of how it was in the first se- not not last season but the season before where they were kind of exciting and they'll give you high scoring high conceding matches like that you know what it is mm? football heritage heritage mate we need Leeds in this yeah. league Wolves versus Fulham damn stalemate 
I don't know how much I can gas this one up, guys. Do you know what? Really and true with Wolves, right? Yeah, I just want to. I just want Neto to have a very good season. Yeah, yeah. Because I want. I'll be. I'll be, flirt, I'll be flirting with him in and out of my fantasy team. Yeah, Neto. he's he's someone that I feel like he's going to get a big move soon, especially once he beats the allegations of his uh, injury in it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that injury is what's kind of stopped him from this year going somewhere. Yeah, if yeah. If wanted to see you, has he still got it? Obviously out for a long time, yeah. long, long, long period last season. So yeah, this is definitely a season for him to really break out. Now he's still young, still young. Even yeah. though that but obviously injuries like heavy. that, bro, they can change your life. Very, very true. Uh, maybe good result for Fulham. Obviously, draw against Liverpool. Draw here again. I think they're showing a little bit of resilience. You know, That's they good. might not. They might. They might not get stepped on. Like they have been in previous to seasons. To be fair, uh, they're another heritage, isn't it? Premiership heritage. Yeah, we love that. We love Craven Cottage. It's <laughs> a time. It's a time. So, you know, I've tried to give every, you know, every game that we've had up until now a little bit of airtime. Obviously, we went into a little bit more depth with the Villa Everton. The second game that we've decided to go into depth with is my you, my you. You know what? Everything that you need to say, say it now and get out of the way. Brentford versus Manchester United. For anyone that doesn't know, the game finished 4-0. In fact, the game finished at half-time. No, no, it's 35 minutes. The game finished after 35 minutes. The water break. Manchester United appointed a new manager, Mr. Eric Ten Hag, former champion in the Dutch league in the Eredivisie with Ajax. You know, he's come into Manchester United, obviously, you know, in, in for a long time, I think, post-Fergie, I've had, a, I've had a lot of situations with the board, a lot of inefficiencies, bad spending habits, bad decision-making, you know, a, a lot of things that for for to, to cultivate a winning environment is just not in place at the yeah. minute, I don't think. Eric Ten Hag is the latest manager to try and and inspire and try and bring or, or try and restore a winning culture back to Manchester United because let's 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 have it right as far as winning teams go you know winning, yeah. there's no in, in in English football history as far as winning teams go there's the Manchester United there's the Liverpools more recently in times there's the Arsenal's there's the Chelsea's there's the City's and and Manchester United you know with the amount of league titles that they've won multiple european titles as well they're right up there in in english football heritage mm. it's very very strange to see them in a position where they are at now where unfortunately as we go into this game kids i know you know like i just mentioned just now that there's there's a lot of issues going on from top to bottom and you know you can imagine how it's affecting things on the pitch but no no version of any Manchester United side should ever be 4-0 down after 35 minutes to Brentford. Can you please yeah. let me and any other listeners that we have listening to the Bench Podcast on Apple Podcasts, yeah, Spotify, YouTube as well, can you let us know what is going on? All right, so I need to break this down into certain sections because it can't Give it be to me, kids. I'm all so ears. first things first. And headphones. <laughs> the first few minutes weren't actually that bad as if we were playing quite well. Then a certain someone decides to throw the ball in the back of the net. You heard me, throw the ball in the back of the net. Josh De Silva making it 1-0 for Brentford with a with an apologetic long-range effort. So there's one thing that about this Man United team that there's always been this thing of. They're weak mentally as a group. Right. So whenever there's a sign of like someone someone hits them, but they're on, they're on the floor in the field position. That's what they do. 
And going into this, going into uh, this year, Ragnick said there needs to be open heart surgery on the team. About ten players need to come in. He said. And what you know happened after that? Three weeks later, they shut in the door. They went, "Yo, you're speaking a bit too much, mate." So it's time to leave. Okay. In comes Ten Hag, mm-hmm. who was apparently promised five players to come in this year. And despite that lack of activity, had a very good preseason with Manchester United as well. Preseason, but it doesn't matter. But the season is fitness for everyone. So now it comes to we'll say the second game of the season, and I think in the starting lineup, there's only two new players. So the same eight that have been throwing managers underneath the bus mm-hmm. are still starting in this team. So any Man United fan that expects things to change straight away. But you're kidding yourselves. It's the same people playing, the same ones that the minute things get hard, they run away. Now, onto the game. I did see certain like patterns of play that I'm like, cool, this is getting better here, this is getting better here, this is getting better here. But when your keeper decides to give two goals away, away at home, so away to a team that, that loves to get the crowd behind them when they're at home, but it's an uphill struggle. And then all, on top of that, you're learning a new system and everything. This is what's going to happen for the first year. There's going to be more results like this, but the board need to back Ten Hag and get his players in. Interesting. Also, one thing I want to say very, as well. Very interesting. I've been saying for a while that De Gea needs to get out of this club. I think this is another instance of why. He is not a modern keeper. I'm seeing from this weekend, the the, the temperature this weekend is that, you know, a lot of Man United fans are sort of begrudging the fact that they're seeing Dean Henderson over there at Nottingham Forest I, Bob, I saving penalties and De Gea is spilling balls into Forget nets. saving penalties. Pause. It's gonna sound yeah, it's gonna sound silly. He comes off his line to catch a ball. That's that do you know how much pressure that relieves? It was crazy because I think Brentford in the seventieth minute, their keeper, we had a free kick, literally ran from one in the box to the edge to come and catch a ball and relieve pressure. And I went, "That's all you've got to do. Why are you a pussy? Like really and truly, <laughs> but nah, big man team. Why are you a bitch? Why can't you come off your line, take a knock, and grab the ball? Because He's never in been ten that guy. years, I've never seen him do it. He's never been that guy. And you know what it is? As much as I get onto Maguire, as much as I get onto these other defenders, it must be hard when you know." I have to head the ball out because he's not coming off his line. I saw a centre-back, Martinez. Yeah. I saw him take a goal kick and pass it to the keeper. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. No, no, no. That happens bears because he passes to the keeper. He moves back out wide. And you know what the crazy thing of that is? I don't know if I've seen that. The centre-back... Do you know what? The, do you know what's mm. crazy about that entire scenario? Mm. When they has the ball, there are two passes that are free. And he goes, nah, let me pass it to this guy here with the man behind him. No one remember? When I can see the man behind him and he can't, but let me get to him. But this guy's an idiot. This guy's an actual idiot. He's an imbecile. You're not going to blame Ericsson there? Is he not? Why good? are you is, passing to is, him? Is, is he not good enough to sweep it out first time to the but right back? When the ball I got... he was signing the listen, season, Listen, listen, When the ball got to his feet, mm-hmm. the ball traveled to his feet, the man was already on him. So why are you so, not passing to the person that are free? Why are you giving to the person that is under pressure? Because... Because it's, why? It's Christian Eriksen. And so? you think that he was a good enough player. Yeah, you know, so if, you, yeah. if you pass Which, him a well, ball, yeah, yeah. you can just sweep it, it out it, to the it right It may back. be, but there are two passes open here and you pick the difficult one. Difficult that's one? Not, that's it's not a, on Eriksen. That's completely that you, on him. It's Wait, a great player that you signed. From, but from this scenario, do you think Eriksen is to blame for that? I'm asking who you think is to blame. I know who's to blame. It's because the Spanish I've brother. Seen, because I've seen situations like that and I've blamed Shaka, I can't lie. Really? Yeah. 
All right, here's sweep one thing. Up, just sweep the pass out. But he did go to sweep it in one motion, and the player was on him straight away because the the pass was never open. It's a hospital pass, bro. Yeah. Bear in mind, the hair can see it. It's not like, you know, he's heard a shout, turned and passed. Brother, you're looking at him. You can look at the player. Isn't, because I'm the host this weekend, yeah. Shout out to Bobby. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it all the diplomatic and whatnot. You know, if I was sitting over there, I would be loving this. I'd be singing. Yeah. I'd be loving this. But, um... Well, what I would say about the whole scenario is, first of all, it's going to be three losses in a row. I don't know, man. You're saying that, you're saying, that, oh, this is how it's going to be in the first season. And, and okay. you don't think that Ten Hag is showing like a little bit of naivety? All right, let me ask you a question. Squad selection. I'll, I'll tell you this mm. right now. I'll tell you this right now. We brought him in to play his philosophy. That's why we brought him, by the way, to play his philosophy. Right. All right. So now, right, yeah, he's asked for five players this summer. To be in his squad, to be right. in the starting lineup, he's been given two right okay. of those things. So now he is seeing who can play his system, and we're watching it here happen. Okay. Right? It's he. Had, by the way, in his interviews after games, he goes, "We need more players." He said it, so he's done the thing of not even hiding from it. He's saying that we need more players. Oh boy, Nottingham Forest are back in the Prem. They played their first Premier League game today, as time of recording Sunday they played 12.30 today first Premier League game in 23 years beating West Ham 1-0 Nottingham Forest keeper Dean Henderson saving a penalty as well keeping West Ham at bay mm. I think on, on one hand incredible performance from Nottingham Forest I'd like to shout out Nico Williams I see him in the first half doing a little Trent thing I'd like to shout out Taiwo Awani yeah <laughs> lovely number nine he's a wild card for fantasy that anyone plays that and they had the brother in the middle, the number eight. Uh, I think his name was Brennan Johnson. Mm. Very, very good performance from those three players today. They they sh- they stood out and uh, definitely shone for Forest, and they showed that you know they're going to surprise some people. West Ham obviously finished what was it seventh last year. You were in Europa League as well, Europa League semi finalist. So you know, I feel like maybe that train is running out of steam a little bit. It's early, it's early to call. It might not be the case yet, but it, it might be looking like it's in that direction at the minute for West Ham. Mm. They need to uh, they need to get it together. The yep. Prem started. And culminating in the final game of this weekend, anyways, week starts obviously Liverpool, Crystal Palace, but the last game this weekend was Chelsea versus Spurs. Tottenham Hotspur with Todd Bowley in attendance. At Stamford Bridge, the game finished 2-2. What a game, man. Kids, talk to me about this game. You watched it? Yeah. I want to ask this question. Do you not think that the last goal shouldn't have stood? Oh, we can... Let's let's break it down. So let's break it down. I feel like the... the, So the way that I saw this game, I feel like the early part of the game, Spurs were getting some joy. They were playing some really good football. I feel like they came into this on a lot of confidence, on a, on a bit of a high. Obviously, they've had bad results against Chelsea in recent times, but you know the the, the general consensus is that we're seeing, you know, a stronger Tottenham, a potential title challenging Tottenham, and you know they're playing good football. They have got a big squad now, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you know, under Conte's tutelage, they're they're looking good. They were looking good last year, and they, they look like they've started very well this year, beating beating Southampton convincingly. So they started the game very very nicely, very very. Um, energetically mm. asking questions of Chelsea penning them back and then I think Chelsea started to get a little bit more of a stranglehold in the game I feel like across the 90 minutes they were a lot sharper with their passing 
a lot sharper with their with their combination play and these kind of things. And that was the way that they were able to sort of work their way into the game. I saw that. I saw Ruben Loftus Cheek starting. I thought that was a little bit interesting. Left but then right I, wing back, but then I feel like him, a combination of him and Reese James down that right side, and and on top of that, a little bit of Havertz movement. I feel like that was a lot to deal with for Ryan Sessegnon down that left. And I feel like they Chelsea got a lot of joy down that right hand side. I think they doubled up on him. They bullied him a little bit there. I can't lie. I don't think they can go the whole season with playing him as a right wing back. I think what they're still looking for that is that other centre back to come in to then move Reese out there because they lose a lot without Reese out there. Mm. As good as he is, even as a centre back, they lose so much with his dynamic that's on on the wing. Interesting that you say that because I'm highlighting it as I feel like it was a good move from Conte uh, to to point out Tottenham's weak point at the minute, which you could argue is probably that Sessignon Ben Davis left side looking and exploit that and, and really go hard on that. So. You know, while you might think, okay, yeah, maybe they're not going to use Loftus-Cheek as right wing back, and they probably won't. I feel like for this game, that was a good move from them. Uh, I saw, you know, a couple of in in a couple of minutes, we saw the the good, the bad, and the cooler Bali. Yeah? yeah, just before he scored his, I can't lie, that's, that might be a goal of the month thing already. Yeah, you know? I said volleyed it. Just before that, maybe like a minute or two before that, like he got on the edge of the box, he controlled it, spooned a shot like in row Z. Do you know what I mean? And then literally a minute or two later, corner comes in, didn't even let it bounce, no touch or anything. Bam, right foot. He's left footed a lot. Mm. Right footed volley, top corner. Lovely, lovely. And I think that was the first time in the game that Chelsea really pressed high from the front and, and tried to win the ball back. Mm. And then Havertz went in, should have put it away, but, you know, good save from Lloris. And then obviously corner comes in and they score. Uh Going into the second half now, so it's one nil going to the first half. Going into the second half, you can see after five ten minutes, Tottenham got to switch it up in it. So he's bringing on Richarlison, and I feel like this is this is a thing that will put Tottenham in good stead for the season. Is that that depth? I think before that, didn't mm. Kane go through one on one? Or was it just after that? It was after. So yeah, it was like five ten minutes of the same stuff in the first half. Conte was like, all right, cool. Put Richarlison up top, two up top. So you know, go from a back five to mm. a back four. Four two two two, put Kane and Richardson up top, and Richardson like just just a different shape, a different idea, and a that bit more, more direct. And a bit more direct going up front. Obviously led led to Kane going through one on one, missed that shot, but uh, yeah they ended up getting a goal from it. Mm. Uh, who scored? Oh, uh, Hoiberg. Who scored? Yes, Hoiberg. Yes, Jorginho yes, gave yes. the ball away. Jorginho giving up. Jorginho didn't keep you up in the. Do you box. know what's crazy though? Like Explain. he had a he, he had a fabulous game though. And I actually have to have a go at my boy Tommy T because I feel that's what, what where he fucked up, taking him really? off. I feel like when he came off, it became way more even. They lost control of the game because for me, if you want to take him off, you bring on Kovacic. But then the game evened up when he was on the pitch because of him. No, no, no. Okay, for giving a goal away, but they were still the team that had the ball. They were still the team that were controlling the game. The mm. minute he came off the pitch, unless you were going to bring Kovacic on, like... To, who could probably do something similar, mm-hmm. but they, it was going back and forth, and I went like, "You're now opening it up." But did they did they make the change after it went to two one, or did they make the change and it went two one? Yeah, but the, 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 it went two one, right? Yeah, like, this is my, my point. It went two one because they lost the ball like in their half, and then it was a quick, quick transition. But the entire game, they lost control of it. So my point being is, I feel like 
he should have been smarter to been like, let's keep control of the game. Because as long as we're in control of the game, we can try and dictate where this goes. Whereas once you lose control, then it's about uh, how good are we defending and how good can we stop the transitions. My only thing to that is saying that they lost control of the game is that that was like a that was probably the last. When did they when did they make it two one? Reese James. That was like the last like 10, 15 minutes of the game left. Do you know what I mean? So in that kind of situation, maybe you're thinking game management. We've probably won the game now. Even though it's still only 2-1, we've probably won That's the game the prem, now. Though, let's isn't let's it? make changes, etc. Et no, but, no, but, they, but, they, made, but they, made, they made the change, bro, before that. They made the change around 60 minutes. And that's when Tottenham started to get back into the game. Even if they weren't scoring still, they, they started to get a bit more joy. I was like, yo, can you not see momentum is now shifting towards them? And then obviously... The throw-in, they had a bad throw-in. The ball got one put to Kante. Kante into Sterling, who played it off to Jorginho. Okay, right. Sorry. So, sorry to cut you, but yeah. we're both kind of gassing here. Mm. Aspilicueta came on for Jorginho four minutes before Chelsea made it 2-1. Oh, really? Yes. No, wait, what time? 73rd minute, James yeah. seventy. No, that's minute. my point. So, there was 20 minutes left and it was going the other way now. That's what I'm trying to say. But they made the change and then Chelsea scored. Yeah, but they scored in a transition. They didn't score from like controlling the game and opening it. Spurs had the ball and lost okay. it in their own half is what I'm trying to say. I see what you're saying. Which is all still good for Chelsea doing that. But my whole thing is, if you control the game, then you take that, you take it away that they can come back into it because you can, you know, like City, they suffocate teams. Yeah. You can do something similar. I understand. I understand. But now what I really want to talk about, well, to be fair, and then Havertz Mr. Sitter. Yeah, yeah, he should have put that away. That's your boy, man. Yeah, I think he shouldn't. Chelsea it. needed my my takeaway from this. Obviously, the you know Perisic put a corner in for for Kane to flick it, flick header into the bottom corner in the last minute of the game. Ended up in both managers getting sent off at the end of it. But uh, if we're gonna talk from a football standpoint, Chelsea need a striker. This is the game that proved it. Sterling had a big chance. Havertz had a big chance. Obviously, Sterling is a good inclusion. He'll, he'll bring you goals and assists and whatnot. But they still need that striker. They still need that number nine. But what I do want to ask is, should that last goal have scored? No, nah, probably not. But my man fully pulled him by the hair. Listen, it was a lot of antics going on in this game. You see Tuchel and, you see Tuchel and Conte? But I, but I get it. I'm like, that, that last goal makes no sense how that can stand. Because you can physically see him grab his hair and drag him. There's, I get this pushing, but I'm like... That's a step too far. Yeah, definitely. You know, I guess you they, turn, always, they turn VR off. I I've, guess. I've always heard that from Chelsea fans that Anthony Taylor is like, he don't ref their games, bro. Like he does like some booky stuff whenever it comes to them. I've seen that. And now I'm like, yeah, because even to a degree, the the Bentacle challenge, right? Yeah, I can't lie, I'm a bit fifty on that. I think he won the ball. Yeah, same. I'm like, I know he might have come through, but he won. But the second thing, yeah, yeah, that uh, that should have been a, a foul and it should have gone the other way. He's looking straight at it, but you know, yeah. I don't like either of these teams, so you know, it oh, is fair enough, it, it, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Question: Who do you think would win in a fight, Conte or Tuchel? I'm going too cool. But if he's taller, of not even tall, bro. I've seen little man beat up big man. Nah, but, but like, but if, it's, it's if he plays it smart, jab and move, jab and move, <laughs> jab and move. Come on, but he can't. He obviously, you know, Conte wants to get in tight and whatnot and throw the hooks. Uh, you're just can't. not. You're not going on a boxing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, nah, to be fair, I was and he's thinking German. from before. Before they had the little, the, before they had the little confrontation in the last minute, I thought before then, I thought maybe Conte. Because, you know, you see the see the kind of energy and the kind of, you know, just the angry little man stuff that he has going on on the sidelines. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe he might be able to. And Tuchel's a little bit slim and he looks a little bit light. 
And then I see him grips him at the end of the game. Mm. And then I see Tuku grab his hand, yeah, pull yeah. him out and say, hey, look me in my eye when I'm talking to you. One yeah, thing, done a little Jamie Carragher yeah. and Neville there. One I thought, okay, yeah, maybe Tuku's on this now. One thing is about Tuku, you mm. understand, is that he's bold. So he's already got like, you know, issues. <laughs> so them, them and they're right, yeah. Because you got to think is they're fighting a different kind of battle. Anyone that can like, you know, shout out my, my bold people out there. But anyone that's got <laughs> that kind of pressure, I don't want to beef in it. If you're bored or you're losing your hair, Kizza doesn't want any problems at all. Because your pressure as a man is different. <laughs> Deep it. A man that's bold is a man that don't care. Like Pep. Yeah. Or Mourinho when yeah. he went bald. Or Zizou. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Headbutted man. I like. I feel you. Okay. Fabian Barthez. Bartel- yeah, he's crazy, bro. But it will not make the it will not make the striker. Yeah. Okay. Don't care. Bald. All right, you're giving me a new perspective, kids. I no see lie. you there. The man there, but they've they've had the worst in life. They well, they can handle anything. This is the bench podcast, guys. You learn something new every day. Exactly. If you're bored, you got issues, and Kizza doesn't want any of them with you. I like. Let's end this segment. Let's wrap it up, guys. We're going into the next segment right now. Yes, sir. Benched. Brought to you by 14 HQ.